This is Serenade Radio, with the best in easy listening. Now here's Mark Stein with Stein's Song of the Week. Well, it's that time of year again. One minute to midnight, one minute to go, one minute to say goodbye before we say hello. Let's start the new year right, twelve o'clock tonight, when they dim the light. Let's begin Kissing the old year out Kissing the new year in Bing Crosby in Holiday Inn, the same film in which he introduced the world to White Christmas. But even Irving Berlin, who has a hammerlock on every other holiday of significance, couldn't get a hit out of New Year. He sets it up with a perfect verse of beautiful concision. One minute to midnight, one minute to go, one minute to say goodbye before we say hello. And then the chorus kicks in and he's got nothing to say. No big idea equivalent to the longing for home in White Christmas. No small but charming idea like the Easter bonnet and Easter parade. As you know, there are thousands of Christmas songs and over a hundred goodish ones. But New Year is a trickier proposition. The nearest to a year-end standard is by Frank Lesser. It was one of the first songs for which Mr Lesser, hitherto solely a lyric writer, wrote both words and music, and it's one of my favorite songs. Maybe it's much too early in the game Ah, oh, but I thought I'd ask you just the same What are you doing New Year's New Wonder whose arms will hold you good and tight When it's exactly twelve o'clock that night Welcoming in the new year New Year's Eve Maybe I'm crazy to suppose I'd ever be the one you chose out of a thousand invitations you'll receive ah but in case I stand one little chance here comes the jackpot question in advance what are you doing new year new year's eve 
Frank Lesser is one of the few writers who could put a phrase like jackpot question on those dreamy notes and make it seem the height of romantic love. It's one of those slow burn standards that turns up on more and more holiday albums every year. But the point about what are you doing is that it is, as the lyric says, a question in advance. It is early spring, wrote Lesser's daughter Susan. The singer, madly in love, is making a possibly rash commitment far into the future. That's to say, it's got no place on all those Christmas albums. Ah, but in case I stand one little chance Here comes the jackpot question in advance What are you doing? Margaret Whiting. Such a lovely record. But as Susan Lesser says, it always annoyed my father when the song was sung during the holidays. Oh well, so much for that. So that leaves us at the stroke of midnight every year, linking arms and bellowing. That is, without doubt, the best-known Scottish song on the planet. If you were to take a soundtrack of the globe across the time zones, as December 31st turns to January 1st, you'd hear the strains of Old Lang Syne from New Zealand to South Africa to Ireland to Newfoundland to Alaska. In the Indian Army, it's the march the band plays for the passing out parade in Japan. It's a graduation song. Its origins go back almost half a millennium to the ballad Old Kindness for Yet, published in the Bannertime Manuscript of 1568. Sir Robert Ayton, one of the first Scots poets to write in English, created a verse called Old Long Sign, with the opening lines, Should old acquaintance be forgot and never thought upon. As for the tune... That was famous long before Robbie Burns came along and put words to it. New Year's Eve 1782, for example, was the first night at the Theatre Royal Covent Garden of William Shields' comic opera Rosina. Here's how the overture ends. Old 
Old Lang Syne, a Scottish tune so well known south of the border that it was interpolated into a hit London show of 1782. The libretto for Rosina is by a lady called Frances Brooke, who's credited with the first novel ever to be written in Canada, The History of Emily Montague, published in 1769. That book is said by the Oxford English Dictionary to include the first published usage of the hyperbolic or figurative literally. Quote, he is a fortunate man to be introduced to such a party of fine women at his arrival. It is literally to feed among the lilies. Anyway, Mrs. Brooke is literally one of two figures in Canadian life, as we'll hear, to have played a critical role in the popular expansion of Old Lang Syne. Almost six years to the day from the first night of Rosina, a week before Christmas, 1788, Robert Burns wrote to Francis Anna Dunlop, a descendant of Sir William Wallace, Braveheart, Louis Mem, Mel Gibson, in Wode, as follows. Your meeting, which you so well describe with your old school fellow and friend, was truly interesting. Out upon the ways of the world, they spoil these social offsprings of the heart. Two veterans of the men of the world would have met with little more heart workings than two old hacks worn out on the road. Apropos... Is not the Scotch phrase "old lang syne" exceedingly expressive? There is an old song and tune which has often thrilled through my soul. You know, I am an enthusiast in old Scotch songs. I shall give you the verses on the other sheet. Light be the turf on the breast of the heaven-inspired poet who composed this glorious fragment. There is more of the fire of native genius in it than in half a dozen of modern English bacchanalians. And there followed his first draft of Old Lang Syne. Four years later, it was one of a group of arrangements that Haydn made of Scottish folk songs. If you're thinking, wow, they're taking it at a hell of a lick, well, that's the tempo that made it a hit in what they call Strathspey dance rhythm, same as Loch Lomond and Coming Through the Rye. Was it really an old Scotch song? Clearly the basic idea and key phrases had been around a couple of centuries and the tune is a folk air dating from at least 1700. But there was a fashion in that pre-copyright era for passing off works as authentic vernacular quote-unquote folk songs. In the 1960s, when Bob Dylan and the gang pioneered what more innocent types might regard as the conceptually problematic brand new instant folk song, they had royalty statements to think of. But in Burns's day, the points on radio airplay wasn't such a big deal, and he would not have been alone in claiming words crafted in his study as something overheard from some rough-hewn crofter. As he wrote to the Scottish Musical Museum, the following song, an old song of the olden times, and which has never been in print nor even in manuscript until I took it down from an old man's singing, is enough to recommend any air. Well, maybe... 
But lines like these read as pure burns, and surely you'll be your pint stop, and surely I'll be mine, and we'll take a cup of kindness yet for old Lang Syne, which, if memory serves, means you'll buy your pint of ale and I'll buy mine. It's Scotch for going Dutch. Uh, whatever, only add a few uber-authentic hogmanays in Scotland itself. Do they ever get to those words or to most of Burns's other verses? There's a weirdly persistent belief repeated in many books that it was Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians who made Old Lang Syne a New Year's Eve song when they played it on a coast-to-coast radio broadcast from the Waldorf Astoria in New York on December 31st, 1929. This is simply silly. There's plenty of documentary evidence establishing Old Lang Syne as a Hogmanay favourite since the mid-19th century. Quote, the company joined hands in the great music room at midnight and sang Old Lang Syne as the last stroke of twelve sounded. That was how the New York Times reported it in 1896. Burns was the nearest thing to a Scottish rock star when he died, and within a couple of years, Burns' night suppers honouring the great man were a familiar feature of his country's calendar. As the great Scots diaspora fanned out around the British Empire, they took Old Lang Syne to Kenya and Malaya and Hong Kong and Queensland and to London, Ontario. Ontario had a lot of Scots, and London had a very small Italian community. And when a teenage musician called Guy Lombardo and a four-piece band comprised mostly of his brothers toured the rural areas around London playing church, socials and village fairs, they heard a lot of Old Lang Syne. Guy Lombardo didn't have a clue what the words meant, but he responded to the tune, hearing it not in Strath's Bay rhythm, but as a sentimental slow dance, a tune full of wistfulness and ache, rather than merely a functional setting for Robbie Burns's text. That 1929 radio broadcast from the Waldorf Astoria came a few months after the Wall Street crash. Rarely has any New Year's Eve infused the turn of the calendar with so many hopes for a fresh start.
Yet notwithstanding that grim season, Guy Lombardo enlarged the context of the song, not just for 1929, but for all time, and far beyond the Scots diaspora. As the showbiz paper Variety put it, Guy Lombardo is, quote, the only Canadian to create an American tradition. Within a few years, the conventional New Year scene, with the clock striking 12 and the band either live or on radio striking up Old Lang Syne, had insinuated itself into so many movies and plays. In 1983, on Broadway, there opened Dance a Little Closer, or Close a Little Faster, as the showbiz schadenfreude set dubbed it after it collapsed on opening night. Two Broadway blue chips, Alan J. Lerner of Camelot and My Fair Lady, and Charles Strauss of Annie and Bye Bye Birdie, had updated the old Norma Shearer Clark Gable movie Idiot's Delight for a planet on the brink of nuclear Armageddon. They included a scene set in a middle European hotel on New Year's Eve in which the revelries are contrasted with what one man believes to be the coming Third World War. You can't have a New Year scene without the New Year song, so Lerner and Strauss reluctantly included Old Lang Syne and then wrote a mordant counterpoint. Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old lang Bombs are in the air, boom da boom da Hear the sirens blare. Fun times on the way Here's to you and me And every bombardier Have a happy, happy new year Ain't it a sight see All the pretty planes up in the sky Maybe tonight we ought to kiss The new year to goodbye God is in his heaven Keep it free and clear Have a happy, happy new year Yeah. Here's how it's brand new. Oh, 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 oh,
That moment conforms to the traditional dramatic deployment of Old Lang Syne in the Guy Lombardo era, whereby the song is used in bleary, boozy, ironic counterpoint to whatever crisis is being played out against it. Thus, Billy Crystal and Meg Ryan in When Harry Met Sally, as the former finally decides he can't live without the latter and blabbers out his love at the big New Year's Eve party, pausing only to reflect on the song. What does this song mean? My whole life, I don't know what this song means. I mean, should old acquaintance be forgotten? Does that mean that we should forget old acquaintances? It doesn't mean that if we happen to forget them, we should remember them, which is not possible because we already forgot them. Well, maybe it just means that we should remember that we forgot them or something. <laughs> anyway, it's about old friends. That's all very well, but is it possible to make Old Lang Syne even more incomprehensible? Frank Military was one of the most brilliant fellows I've ever known. That was his real name, and the first time I heard it from Sinatra sidekick Sammy Khan, I assumed it was Sammy's nickname for Sinatra in aggressive mode. Frank Military, Frank when he's taking no prisoners. But in fact, Frank Military was a brilliant music publisher. He was a man who could not only recognize a great song on first hearing, but also knew which singer would put it over. Those are two quite separate skills. I like to think I'm pretty good at the first, uh, but I'm useless at the second, and Frank Military was a genius at both. I will cite just three examples. He's the guy who got Misty to Johnny Mathis, who got What a Wonderful World to Louis Armstrong, and who got New York, New York to Frank Sinatra. However, I will never understand what possessed him to turn the world's most famous New Year song into a Christmas song. When mistletoe and tinsel glow Paint a yuletide valentine Back home I go to those I know for a Christmas old Lang and as we gather round the tree our voices all combine in sweet accord to thank for a Christmas, old Lang Syne. When sleigh bells ring and choirs sing And the children's faces shine With each new toy we share their joy With a Christmas, old Lang we sing his praise this day of days and pray next year this time we'll all be near 
share the cheer of a Christmas old lang syne. Frank Military and Man Curtis ditching the old acquaintance and taking the Robbie Burns out of old lang syne. Merry Christmas, everybody, and a happy new year. In sweet accord we thank the Lord. Bobby Darren with a Christmas old Lang Syne. I have no idea what that means, except there's Christmas and there's New Year, and that song brings them together. Like Abbott and Costello meet the Wolfman or King Kong versus Godzilla. Matter of fact, that new lyric also refers to a Yuletide Valentine, so maybe they're just shooting for one all-purpose holiday number. A Yuletide Valentine, 4th of July, Halloween, Groundhog, old Lang Syne. Acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind. Should old acquaintance be forgot in the days of old Lang Vera Lynn is an old acquaintance who is certainly not forgot, but that lovely waltz time arrangement for her by Robert Farnan is, alas. I don't know about you, but every once in a while I get a hankering to hear Old Lang Syne, not sung as a sing-along, but sung as a song. song from me to you, Joe Stafford with her husband Paul Weston and his orchestra, arranged by Alton Rinker, words by Robert Burns, an assorted possibly apocryphal Scots crofters, music by who knows. So here's a hand, my trusty friend, and gives a hand of Yet for all 
As to what it all means, well, I think Alan Sherman's English translation really gets to the heart of it. I know a man, his name is Lang, and he has a neon sign. And Mr. Lang is very old, so they call it Old Lang Sign. Can't follow that. This is Old Lang Stein saying, This New Year's Eve, make sure you tack a right good willy wart, if that's legal in your part of these islands. Stein's Song of the Week was presented by Mark Stein and produced for Serenade Radio by Brian Savin.